BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Power in the money. Money in the power. Minute after minute. Hour after hour. Everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking what's going on in the kitchen. But Matthew, I don't know. What's <laughs> uh, is that Bone Thugs? R.I.P. Coolio. Oh, okay. Cool- Coolio just passed away. So Put me on I, the spot. Did he yeah, really? Yeah, right before the pod oh, wow. started. So. so Judge gets his 61st home run and then Coolio passes away. Yeah, at 59, you know, so I mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, rough day yeah i mean who wants yes. to see Aaron judge at 61 <laughs> <laughs> i mean he just tied it i don't think it's a big yeah. deal you gotta get to 62 yeah, you gotta hit 62 you know yeah, like to, to start hugging. To, how many more games do the yankees have i think there's like 10 games left yeah i know it goes into early october but yeah coolio were you a fan or were you not i think you were a little just too young that for song coolio. just um gangsters of paradise and then the um what was the what was the movie with michelle pfeiffer where she was a teacher dangerous minds dangerous minds that's what that gangsters was, paradise was on that, that yeah soundtrack that's yeah what that's that the only thing i think everything. of that's the only yeah. thing i think of it's interesting because i literally just last year when i traveled to sacramento and i went to a king's game he performed at halftime and it was awesome man oh, it was yeah. you know like gangsters paradise hit at just that perfect time for me i think i was in like sixth grade and i just come out of uh, private school is my first foray into public school and like gangsta's paradise came out and it was just it was it was paradise for a g you know like <laughs> it was pretty badass tell me why <laughs> are we so blind well r.i.p to coolio but welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the sun's jam session podcast uh we're really excited that you're hanging out with us the season is right around the corner we are starting with training camp the rumors are already you know, the, the, the buzz is about the Phoenix Suns. You know, we, we talked about media day on our last edition, and now we're going to talk about some of the training camp, what we're expecting from this team. Uh, you know, who's going to fill the Cam Johnson minutes? Because essentially Cam Johnson's going to take over for Jay Crowder. So you got somebody's got to fill those Cam Johnson minutes. Who's it going to be? Devin Booker for MVP. And then, of course, we're going to do preview the South or Southeast, Southwest, Southwest Division. Southwest for the NBA before our final division preview, which will be the Pacific division on our next episode. So again, thanks for joining us. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, watching this head on over to YouTube, give us a thumbs up there. If you're listening to the podcast, subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Jamsterdam, wherever the hell you are. Make sure that you are following the show there. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At uh, Matthew Lissy. 
Um, are you gonna are you gonna pour one out for Coolio tonight, man? I'm not. No, I gotta get me Fucking some CBD such... drinks, man. There you go. Just chill. I will for the season. Well, I got a <laughs> I got a Kurz Light, so I'm gonna pop open a Kurz Light for uh, you know Coolio and we always because we always pop open a beer before we talk about our Phoenix Suns. And there's already comments and, and questions coming out there. But you know what? I want to focus on the positive first. You know, you take a look at this team. We get excited knowing that this is a championship contender. The majority of the pieces are back and in action. And I don't know, Matthew, if you've seen any clips uh, on Twitter or even on the news. You know, they're even starting to show them, you know, Fox 10 News and whatnot. Uh, but it looks like it's a bunch of happy guys out there who know how to play together. Uh, they're excited to be back because, again, this is the longest summer that any member of this team has had in three years. They had four and a half months away from each other. You know, some of them probably kicked it. I wouldn't be surprised if Mikhail Bridges or Cameron Johnson were kicking it, you know, while shopping at Safeway, just throwing things back and forth, aisle to aisle, having a, a good time. <laughs> you picture yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I yeah. picture like, you know, Mikhail's in the cart and his, and his legs are hanging out and Cameron's pushing him around Safeway, you, you know, and there's like, having a gleeful time. But outside of that, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time with their families, but now they're back with their family. And it's kind of like the first day of school, right? Like you remember how you'd have summer break, you, you hung out with your friends, you did your thing. But whenever you got back to that new day of school and it was, you know, it was just, there's that seal, that feeling of freshness, that, that the butterflies. I feel like a lot of the sons are probably going through that right now. Yeah. They're super excited. Everything behind the scenes, everything on the court currently is, Super happy. Everyone's getting along. They miss each other. Um, Booker did say too today um, when he was asked by the media just about, you know, Monty and Aiden, he just said like they were on top of each other for so long. And then Monty told him, you know, take a break, just relax, miss the game again, and then come mm -hmm. back and be on top of each other again. So now they're on top of each other <laughs> and they're having a good time, dude. I couldn't imagine the feeling of that long being away from each other because they are like best friends in a way, right? Oh, Even yeah. When you get a tour of Devin Booker's house, Booker shows his living room, this couch is where all his, all the players sit. He's like, when you get a couple of seven footers on there, there's not that much room. Like he hangs out with these guys all the time. So for them to, I think it's different for me though, because for me with school, I hated school and you know, friends. Yeah, whatever. But these guys are trying to win something that actually matters. So I think that focus that they all have, they all have the same mentality. It's good to be around. It's a joy. And you can see it in the pictures. Of course, it's so funny because we have to see the pictures like all the time now because we're so worried about them being unhappy. So anytime someone's smiling, we see that picture. Anytime someone's upset, we see that picture too. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, come on, we're going to do that again. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. It's the overanalyzation. It's the access of content and it's, you know, people who are going to over, uh, overanalyze everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're the sun's jam session podcast. We kind of do the same thing. We're, watching the same things that everybody else is and trying to interpret it and then getting on a show and talking about it, you know, and it's like the eight presser, right? Like he looked like a guy who just didn't want to fucking be there because he didn't want to do a fucking press conference because it's fucking boring shit, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's that whole I'm here because I have to be thing. Right. You know, outside of that, he's just like, you know what? 
I just want to get to business. I am business only, you know? So of course we're going to sit there and we're going to kind of comment on that. But one thing that is interesting that came out of camp is the fact that he and James Jones had not talked in the four months. And that was kind of the headline everywhere. Everyone's blowing that out of proportion. But if you look what Monty said, Monty's like, I haven't talked to the majority of these guys to what you, to the point that you just said, Matthew, like I need to, I was on top of them too much. We were around each other for so much for so long. That's like, everybody take a break, sit back, relax, refocus. Imagine if you could do that at your job, right? Imagine it's just like, you know, you're working all the time. You're busting your ass and you're like, you know what? I'm going to take four and a half months off. Okay. And I'm not talking to anyone at work because that's what these are. These aren't just, you know, this isn't going back to school. These are coworkers, right? You're working in an environment that you have to be productive and everybody knows how much you make and everything's out there. And, you know, you think about the play by play and every, you know, if they did a press conference with you, Matthew at nine o'clock in the morning before you had a cup of coffee and they're like, all right, tell me about your boss. All right. What do you think about your boss giving you a raise? All right. What do you think about your coworker who sits down? You know, it's like, how, how would you respond, man? <laughs> no, I know, but it's, you just realize these guys, these grown men are actually just babies. They really are. There's, there's something between Monty and um, Aiden. There is. I mean, Aiden's a little immature. I'm sure Monty has a little bit of it in, in him too. Like, I think it's different situations. He, I don't think Monty's dealt with a guy like Aiden. I don't think anybody ever really has. Yeah. You know, he's he's a different specimen. He really is. Um. So I think they just, they piss each other off. It's going to take some time. They'll get over it. But grown men are babies. They're sitting in the same boat with each other right now. So they should talk. It's kind of like Little Mermaid. You know, when they're sitting in the boat, Little Mermaid with that really, that honk she's with. And it's, it's like, kiss the girl. All like the animals and the sea urchins are telling them, kiss the girl. It's just like, kiss each other. Get it over with. You're right there. Just talk to each other. And I think last time we, before when we talked about this a while ago, it was when we were talking about Aiden's contracts. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to see, because we didn't know if he's going to be re-signed or what. I was like, I want to see him and Monty in a press conference and just say like, hey, we settled our beef. Because it was there, and we we're speculate, speculating, but there was actually beef because now it's still happening. So I still want to see that. Everyone wants to see that. Not that I want them to kiss each other, but I just want them to sit Come up there. Come on, and be, just what? kiss, digger. We're, we're 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 good. Everything's fine because that's the one thing in camp that's just going to drive everyone nuts. Because mm -hmm. we're not used to this. We're used to the, like the last two years where everyone is really getting along. Yeah, and there's not nothing like this. So it takes like that game seven loss for that to happen. But I just I just think that they need to tell us like everything's okay. Just say it to the camera. Just be like, everything's all right. But then and we then still want to believe other. it. And then kiss each other. Yeah. We still want to believe it, but do something. <laughs> no, I get I get what you're saying. You know, it's like just come out, do an olive branch if you need. You know, what we need is we need a presser where you have Monty and DA just standing right there, kind of joking with each other. You see that, like everything's okay. And obviously, yeah. you know, to the casual fan, they don't give a shit because the only thing that matters is like when basketball starts. But to those of us who are constantly watching and monitoring this team, you know, that's what made this team so impressive last year was the fact that they were so tight-knit and they were so, you know, every man for, it was all about the we, not about the me. And now we have some me's around there, right? Jay Crowder's gone into kind of me mode. And you have DA who's kind of in a me mode. And it's like, I'm just going to do, you know, I'm going to be the best. And, and I, I want to see if they can you know, talk the walk or walk the talk. Because they're talking, whatever they're talking, I'm not sure if they can walk it, you know? Uh, yeah. I got one comment in here from uh, Dan Urban. It says, when Booker shows off his house, does he point out where he bangs his Kardashian? Mm. It's an interesting one. 
I mean, I'm sure he does. Oh. He's like, dude, don't sit over there. He's like, a lot of seven footers fit on this side of the couch, but you can see that's Jennerville right over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I think it goes without saying. It's <laughs> politeness everywhere. Yeah, it's just like don't eat no, chips no, off the counter. Get everywhere. Don't just, eat chips. No. Scott Lacey's in the, the chat. Uh, what up, Scott Lacey? Who, the one who made our uh, Cam Johnson drop says, "I don't want to be a drama mama, but Da's body language and words together tell a bad story." And I think that's where a lot of us are at, right, Matthew? What we're seeing from Da, yeah. the body language. You know, I always I talk to my teams about this all the time. We communicate ninety three percent. That's nonverbal. Only 7% of the way we communicate is actually verbal. The rest is body language and tone. And he right now has some very negative body language and tone. And that's what everybody's picking up on. You get one sect of Twitter who's really just saying like, hey, man, like it's no big deal. And, and a lot of them are the eight and stands because they don't like what they see. So, of course, it becomes MBD, you know, no big deal. But then there's the other ones of us are, you know, like you. You're like the body language master. You know, you like you sit there and you watch that stuff and you're just like, I'm not getting good vibes from this, man. And it's like, I don't know what that is yet. We don't know until we see this team hit the court. Who is the first team they play? Like the 36ers, the Adeline 36ers this upcoming Saturday. I mean, we, and, yeah. and we're not going to see much from the Suns, but until like the rubber meets the road with this team, we don't truly know if this body language and tone issues that we're seeing from some members of this team is truly an issue, or if it's just a disengaged, like I'm tired of fucking talking to the media about this dumb shit. Yeah, I would get like I'm tired of talking about it, but it just happened. You know, I think too. when Aiden first went up on the in the uh, media day, when he first came up, you saw him sitting there like this. Mm -hmm. I thought it was on his phone, but I think he's just like getting into his second personality, or his third yes. personality, just being a being a real jerk up there. You know what I mean? Just I think being like, just, just getting, being like Shaq. He was he was getting into that kind of personality. So I think that was the thing where it's it's new, so he wouldn't be tired of it yet. But he knew it was coming. So he has this kind of thing made up where he's just going to be short. You know, if you're in a relationship with anybody and you just piss at them, it's like the silent treatment. If someone brings it up, they're fine. But it's not good. It's not good. It's it's probably not going to be good for a little bit, but they'll mm -hmm. get over it. And Ramona Shelburne did say today about how um, Robert Sarver when he was when he was the owner, yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I remember when he was when he the owner. Two days ago. <laughs> I remember that guy. <laughs> he was the owner two days ago. Last week. Yeah. That uh, you know, he was the one that didn't want to pay DA the fifth year, and which he didn't is want to... great news. If D which is Ramona really Shelburne said that DA believes that, correct? Yeah, but that's tough because then why is he mad? I think he's just mad at Monty. What Monty said to him, that's all it is. And um, I just I think that when now that now that he's gone, now that um, Sarver is gone, it'll take some time to get over it, but. I can just see DA thinking like, so Sarver wouldn't pay me and you guys just put up with that shit. Like, I think he might think of it that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then now that Sarver's gone and he got his contract, he's like, damn, I just missed the boat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just missed it. Like, if Sarver were gone earlier, yeah, a year maybe ago, I would have actually got the, my... When they first started reporting this shit. Yeah, maybe James Jones wanted to give him that fifth year, but he couldn't. And then now Sarver's gone, but it was too late. Too little too late for mm -hmm. DA. Maybe he's pissed at that, but... He's working for his second contract. Mm -hmm. True. This so might be true. This might be this year is going to be interesting. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about Crowder to leaving too. And I don't know what kind of impact that's going to have. So, well, Coach Fallen Founder, one of our elite jamsters, reminder if you want to become an elite jamster on YouTube, you simply click the join button and you can become an elite jamster, get some of that exclusive content. And yes. you know what? You, you even can become a member of Jamsterdam. Yep. which is a whole nother story. But he says, he says, <laughs> he says, chemistry is a big reason why we've been great for two years. Now I'm a little worried. 
And I think that's where a lot of us yeah. is just kind of right where we're at right now. You know, it's like that organic chemistry that this team has carried. It's the foundation's been shaken a little bit. You know, again, the Jay Crowder situation, uh, the Robert Sarver situation, thank God. But the way that DA is kind of responding to some things, you know, again, these, these are some cracks in the foundation. And we don't know if these are cracks that you can simply, you know, spray some of that flex seal shit on you know like you seen the guy who like cuts the boat in half and he sprays the flex shield and he's like i'm gonna go in my clear boat now <laughs> or if yeah, this yeah. is like gonna truly crack the foundation into a million little pieces we just have to kind of sit back and watch but again that's that's the beauty of sport that's why you watch because of the storylines because of more than just the basketball you're trying to understand who what and how this team ticks and is it going to ultimately make them successful and lead to a, a championship yeah and you know what cp3 his body language too is a little different right yeah and it makes you think maybe there's something there where d or CP3 thinks like we can't win with this guy, but I don't, I don't want to get too far into that because I don't think mm. that's it either. I think the team really supports him. I think they like him. They like playing with him. Uh, we're going to see how they implement him into the season and we'll see what they run for him and how much of a difference it is between last year and this year. If he can get over 20 points a game or something like that. And if it, I, we won 64 games with him yeah. playing the way he was. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked. So I, I know it's like, get him more involved, but that's what worked to win. And we all thought we were going to win the championship the way we were playing, the way mm -hmm. DA was playing, which was mm -hmm. a little bit better from the year before. So it's like, I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference win total, but it might be a different looking team, especially with Jay Crowder missing. Lights, Cameron, action. Well, you mentioned Jay Crowder leaving and obviously with his departure, you know, he vacates a bunch of minutes. In fact, uh, he had 28.1 minutes played last season as a starter. And obviously Cameron Johnson's going to be the guy who is going to benefit from that. He's going to get the start at power forward. He's excited for the season. He's excited for the opportunity. And I think that he's earned it. But you know, what I'm, what I'm more interested in is Cam Johnson is vacating 24.1 bench minutes this season. So that's going to leave a ton of opportunity for somebody. And the question we're going to ask and we're going to talk about a little bit right here, Matthew, is, is who is that somebody? Who's going to fill up, fill in the backup power forward position? I'm really interested to see what the dancers are going to say in the in the chat as well. And we'll talk about that. But yeah. who your first instinct, who's taking over the Cam Johnson minutes? Because he was an offensive force who came in off the bench and gave us what a hundred and uh, 17. I, I have it written down somewhere. His, his offensive rating in that time frame was like 117. Let's see here. It was second behind like Devin Booker. Uh, obviously, what was it? Anyways, who who's gonna who's gonna ultimately take that role, Matthew? Well, if you look at the roster, there's no one really with the PF next to them. You know what I mean? No. There's not there's not another play that's actually a power forward. But that's how the Suns have been the last few years. So it might be just someone if it's a small ball with Sarich. I mean, you, what do you who do you throw in there? Do you throw in just a Tory Craig? Um, I don't know who you would get back in a trade for Jay Crowder. So it's really up in the air. I'm interested to see what the Jamsters say, but people, I mean, Dario. Yep. Dario. Ted, Ted like Lubin saying Dario. Five, Jason Sanchez says Dario. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Dinette says ish. Dagoon ish, says ish. Yep. Jewel says Dario. And Flex did say that they're really big on ish this year. So. Yeah. And kind of like a PJ Tucker role. So if that's a thing, then he might be the guy that takes up those backup minutes. And we love Dish towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. We wanted oh, to see more of him. So, so I would love to see that. Yeah, I think so. You know, there, there's four guys who ultimately could fill this role in my in my perception. The first is Ish Wayne, right? As you know, Flex mm -hmm. mentioned a couple pod. Was it the last podcast? Two podcasts ago, uh, Flex joined us. 
Um, talked a little bit about the Suns moving forward post Jay Crowder era. And we talked about Ish Smith. Now, you know, the, the disadvantage of Ish Smith is he's 27 years old. So he kind of, you, you get what you get with Ish Smith. You know, it's not like this is a guy who's, oh, he could develop into yeah. a, uh, but that was kind of the same thing with PJ Tucker, right? He came along a little bit later in his career, found a niche for himself in the NBA and he was successful. You know, he adds enthusiasm to that second team unit. Um, he adds some physicality. Uh, he can hit the corner three ball. You know, uh, you look yeah. at his, he yeah. posted a 100.6 defensive rating last season in his 45 games played. But the, the challenge there is you look at the majority of his minutes and they were in garbage time, right? It's not like he was out there mm-hmm. defending, you know, first and second team players. He was playing guys who were just out there jacking up threes. So, you know, maybe Ish is kind of the first guy. I'll tell you the second guy, you know, Tory Craig. I like how no one said Tory Craig. Well, one person did. Someone Lo said, Suggs, so, yeah. <laughs> Corey, ha ha. Yeah. You know, but, you know, Thomas Danette says Dario's a backup center. He says that's ish. True, yeah. Ish, Wainwright. But, I mean, so Tori Craig, the challenge of Tori Craig, I'll ask you this before I go into my dissertation on Craig. What are your thoughts on Craig potentially picking up that power forward position? A lot of people forgot he was still on the team. And when I saw him actually walking to media day, I was like, oh, yeah, we have Tori. No shot at Tori. I mean, last year was an off year. It wasn't the same as his first year with Phoenix, but we just kind of forgot he was there and that just means small ball. So I was thinking like, if you have him back up four, then of course you put Dario at the center. And I like Dario at the center. I think he does a fucking really good job down there and I kind of miss it. So I like that. And then Biombo too is actually listed as a power forward, but we know he plays good as a center. Um, I just, yeah. I don't know. He what cannot to, I don't spread know. the floor. I don't know what you do with Tory Craig. It just seems, it just seems like we kind of have to wait until we see what kind of Craig shows up just like a camera pain. Right what kind of Craig shows up to play for the Suns? If he's a hustler yeah. dude that can get there and grab the ball, can box out and just run the floor, then yeah, you put him at the four, I think. Small ball. I'm telling you, Payne and Craig are going to be big like for this team this year and yes. determine how this team is going to play. I really believe that. Uh, Torrey Craig, you know, the way I, I echo your sentiment, Matthew, you don't know who you're going to get. You know, do you get two years ago, Torrey Craig, who was, you know, this defensive stalwart and this guy who came in and, and uh, showed that he could be an offensive player as well. Um, or you, you you know James Jones likes him. He traded for the guy twice. Uh, yeah. But you look at last season, and, you know, he, he wasn't a guy who played a demonstrative wing-style defense like he did the year prior. He just – he was lost. You didn't even know he was fucking out there. He shot 32.3% from deep last year. You know, 6.9 mi- points on 20.8 minutes played. He, nothing screams, play Tory Craig. Uh so I don't think that, you know, again, I think that they'll experiment with with that 24.1 minutes. You're going to see probably a little bit of everything. Uh, everybody in the chat's been kind of talking about Dario. And I think that, you know, with his return to the starting line, it's going to give Monty Williams so much roster flexibility. Uh, and he's going to be juggling that throughout the season. Right. You know, due to his size, his shooting ability and like his rebounding prowess. If you want to call shoving your ass into the opposition to box out somebody and athletically and non-athletically grab a board, if you will. Uh rebounding prowess but it's going to permit him to do numerous things with that second team unit but i see them more productive at the five don't you like more five out kind of basketball with dario playing center versus yeah, having yeah. dario play next to bismack or playing next to jock right yeah you just i feel like the Suns are that that team just have one physical guy down there and that could be a russell westbrook you can make a trade for that guy have him play center i'm always going to be talking no. about that <laughs> i know no. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I just I think the Suns the way they're gonna play. You can't have the two big bodies down there. I think you did the McGee and Biombo thing for a little bit. And it kind of looked it was okay. You did the Biombo like Aiton thing and even like mixed it with McGee and Aiton. It was fine, but it's just not sustainable. I think you have to you have to just have the one big physical dude in the middle, and then like you said, five out. And mm-hmm. I'm just now learning really what the hell that is. Oh, last season. Yeah, well, oh, okay. not right now. Last season, I I know what that is now. So, <laughs> well with dario and the five out i think it's something that you know like if you're playing against a team in a series five out is something you can learn to defend right because you have coaches who are specifically game planning against that strategy but if you put dario in there run some five out with him playing center for 15 minutes a night uh on a tuesday night in minnesota you know, I think it can be productive and it's an, an opportunity to score some points and kind of take some of those second team units defensively out of what they've prepared for, you know, but I think that maybe you do run Dario at the four sometimes in an effort to just try to play with some physicality, try to play with some depth, know that you're like, you're going to focus on rebounding, but double-edged sword, you're relying on campaign who likes to get into the paint, which you'll be clogging uh, and Landry Shamit, you know, like if he's shooting lights out, because you know, the great thing is, like, if you have Landry Shaman and he's missing, but you have that size down low, you can get the offensive boards and get those putbacks. I mean, that's where Jock Landell excels, right? He's a beast on the offensive boards. And, like, I do, you know, I what about Jock Landell at the four? If you want to go super big, you know, it's like you put Landell out there with Bismack, and you're just like, we're just going to rebound the shit out of the ball, you know, but we're probably going to get toasted on the other end because in transition, that team, if they don't grab the rebound, they're just going to be done. Yeah, and you want those kind of guys, even Saric at the second unit. It's more of just tiring out the other team. Like mm-hmm. they play so hard. Him and Bismack, Saric and Bismack, they both play so hard where they're going to tire out the other team quickly. And they can play even, they can even play minutes against the starters. I feel like if Aiden needs a longer rest because they just, they make the other team just so exhausted from actually trying every possession. That's Dario, right? Mm-hmm. Whether he's flying right through you or just jumping on the floor to grab the rebound. Like he has that extra effort just to want, just to make you want to quit the game. I feel like, yeah, it'll it'll be it's going to be great to see Dario out there, and I think the way that Monty deploys him is going to be very interesting this season. Do you think that James Jones makes any move whatsoever as Crowder departs to fill that need? Do you think he sends Crowder somewhere? Because again, he, the disadvantage of Crowder, his values drop because it's clear that he doesn't want to be here. They're not even he's not at training camp, so his values drop. It's like, hey, you need him gone more than we need him, kind of thing. Do you think they can trade him for uh, an expiring contract to somebody who could be potentially a backup power forward and potentially a draft pick? I mean, could that eventually be the answer? Because, you know, we have backup guards, right? We've got, we have the ability to play some really good small ball lineups from the second. Uh, We we can play some really big lineups, but we don't really have, you know, and this is like the running theme of the Phoenix Suns. I feel like since what, like Antonio McDice left, like, you know, we don't have a really good power forward. The best power forward we've had was like this guy right here. Amari Stoudemire, you know, and they made him play center a bunch. So it's just like, you know, what do you think that James Jones could potentially make a trade to bring in somebody who could spell part of that 24.1 minutes that Cameron Johnson's vacating? I don't think they are. And I think this is the way the Suns are. And the more I think about like another power forward to get, there's a market in a course who's out there. I feel like in a trade because he's in Utah, but I think he's actually going to be traded back to another traded to another team. That's actually a contender. And that could be the answer. I feel like, um, which would be awesome because I feel like Who that's are you talking about marketing. Oh, marketing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Did I? Did I? Uh, I feel like I kind of crapped out there for a second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you crap out. I did. You crappy. Okay. Um. Yeah, crappy but marketing. 
Marketing's the only power forward out there. I feel like that the Suns have a chance to get that side an actual power forward. But I, I just think that what they need to do is probably just get that pick, like Flex said. And people are even talking about and on Twitter. There's a thing with Ja. He, he was tweeting with Jay Crowder earlier. So now whoever tw- uh, actually tweets with Jay Crowder, you're going to think, oh, he's going to that team. And Memphis has been on the radar. Oh, and yeah. Memphis well, might what be, could but we then, get? No, not, you're not going to get any of those players, no, man. No. They, they, I mean, Suns fans wanted um, Desmond Bain from. I'm like, Bain is going to be one he of the ain't best gonna players next go year. nowhere. Well, Bain's we'll review like that team here. We'll review them shortly, and maybe you and I yeah. can potentially work okay. out a trade there. So we'll see. Laurie Marketing, the only question I have there is, you know, he was just traded to that team. Is it one of the things, yeah. like, you have to wait till like, December or whatever? You know, it's like 90 oh, days after. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what the 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 kind of contract restraints are there. So yeah. next topic I want to hit before we get into the South west division preview big dick booker about this today matthew i don't know if you listen to the uh the bill simmons podcast you had brian winhorst on celtics are awesome right yeah yeah you know they're sitting there (laughs) blowing the celtics together but one of the things that winhorst talked about was how you know he was well you know i think that jason tatum really has a chance at the mvp Right. And it makes sense. Nikolai Jokic is one of the last two years. And he even Winhorse says like he's got average 40 and 20 to win a third consecutive MVP. There's not a bunch of guys who've won three consecutive MVPs. They're always looking for a storyline and a narrative. And it got me thinking, you know, DraftKings currently has Devin Booker as a plus 3000 in the MVP race. Everything's kind of primed for Devin Booker, in my opinion, to have a good narrative, a good storyline, and potentially go and win an MVP. He's entering his prime. He's going to be 26 years old as this uh, the season begins. The hell is that? Yeah, something popped up. Oh, nice. Oh, my bad. It's like, adios mio. <laughs> um, but it's like he's entering that the prime of his career. Chris Paul is going to have a dwindling effect on this offense, I believe. I think that Monty Williams yeah. is going to be very strategic with him. Um, DeAndre Ayton could be a very productive running mate for him. He's going to have that kind of dominant center who I, I really expect De- uh, DeAndre Ayton to score some more points this year. I wouldn't doubt if it gets 20 points a game because they're going to focus on that because Chris Paul is kind of at the back end and you got to kind of, you know, save the tread on the tires, if you will. So I think a lot of stars are aligning. You know, this is a team that won 64 games last year. Devin Booker's focused. He's on the cover of 2K. Like, you know, un- unless an injury occurs, this guy has everything going for him. What are your thoughts on him potentially making a run at the MVP this year? Oh, it's very possible because of CP3. And like he talked about how he just kind of is not falling apart, but he's just kind of towards the end of his career. But the way he played the last playoff series was terrible, right? Mm -hmm. We can even see it with Alvarado with the Pelicans. Like he just could not keep up. So I don't know if that had to do with COVID or what, but it seems like it happens every playoffs and he'll start the season good. And of course, He'll get those minutes, but hopefully towards the end, he doesn't. And that's the one thing that Booker has on his side. If if Chris Paul doesn't play as much, he doesn't average like the assists he does. If Booker can raise his assists, rise his assists. I think that if he does that, if he if he can increase his assists, his uh his actual shooting percentage goes up and mm-hmm. he's just really just dominant like he was in the playoffs where he's just that consistent, where it's just like if people tune in, because they're gonna be on national TV a lot, and they're a just lot. like, Oh shit, because he can't dunk the ball, he can't he can't throw an alley-oop. <laughs> Booker can't do anything above the yeah, rim. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he can dunk. He's had some pretty nice dunks can, here and there. He can dunk, but I mean like dunk, dunk the ball. Like yeah, jaw. it's not it's not like jaw, yeah. No, he can't. But then if he can just be like, oh, shit, like this guy cannot miss. If he has a lot of those moments, if he carries his team to 60 wins again, what you're saying, why would they do that again? 
because they just they they have a really good team, like a really good mm-hmm. season team. Um, that would that's only possible in a tough division too. You know, it's very like, very tough. Even in the West, just mm-hmm. being in the West, man. So being in the West, that, being that's going to happen. Yeah, I he think was a lot our, of those things are there. But like the last part of the season, he finished like top five, right? Yeah. And because so, CP3 went out and he carried them. Exactly. So that's the thing. It just depends on CP3. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. I really I'm think that too. I really think that like Devin Booker's on another level this year. I mean, you look at the mm-hmm. SPN top 100, he's the top 10 player now. I mean, think I about know. that. It's crazy. Think about crazy. four years ago, you and me sitting around watching games, just getting so mad at Devin Booker because it's just like, dude, you're so talented, but you're so inconsistent. And that's what <laughs> I'm looking that. for this year. I'm Bug looking for that. Oh my yeah. God, we'd be so mad. We're like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, you know, be a leader, be dominant. Yeah. We see it there. It's like, oh, just we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll man. see. The Suns Jam Session podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code Suns Jam at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. All right, have to get the reads in there real quick. All right, it's now time to preview the Southwest Division. So we're one division away, Jamsters, from talking about the Pacific. But this is the division that has the Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Memphis Grizzlies. So you take a look at kind of DraftKings. Odds-on favorite to win this division is the Memphis Grizzlies at plus 105, but the Dallas Mavericks are close behind them at plus 140, and even the Pelicans are plus 400. So there's you know kind of a lot of question marks on who's going to win this division. I think a lot of it's going to come down to health. The Rockets and the Spurs are both plus 50,000 to win this division, Matthew. 50 grand. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Which team should we preview? We should probably get the Spurs out of the way and just lose so. everybody watching us, right? <laughs> there you go. The Spurs enter this season. Uh, their projected win total, 22 and a half. Via free agency this year, they added Gorgie Jang and Malik Monk. Uh, they traded Danilo Gallinari to Atlanta, uh, who eventually traded him up to Boston, where he tore his ACL. Uh, via the draft, and that's where the Spurs are at right now as they're trying to build through the draft. Uh, with the ninth overall pick, they drafted Jeremy Sochan. They got uh, Malika Branham at the 20th pick, Blake Wesley 25th, and Kenny Chandler with the 38th pick. Kenny Chandler, they did send to Memphis in a trade. They did obviously lose um, DeJounte Murray. And Jock Landell, they traded both of them to Atlanta. Obviously, Jock ended up in Phoenix after the Suns traded him for cash considerations. As I mentioned, Danilo Gallinari, who they they got in that trade with DeJounte Murray, ended up in Boston. Uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth is now a Laker as they lost him off the roster, and they lost Devontae Cook as well from Portland. Uh, they're free agents who they still have yet to sign, Robert Woodard the third and DJ Stewart Jr. Their projected starting five, Trey Jones at point, Josh Richardson, Fucking Josh. Remember when Josh Richardson was supposed to be like the next thing? He was. Yeah. He was untradeable. Yeah. The, the heat would not get rid of him. And now he's like on a sixth team since then. Cause he's just inconsistent. Uh small forward, Keldon Johnson, one of the Spurs favorites, Doug McDermott, uh, power forward. And of course, Jakob Pertl at center. There you go. The Spurs preview, Matthew thoughts on the Spurs. I don't know how much we want to spend on this, but <laughs> tell me what you think about this team. I think Jewel Uttinger 
actually says it best. Spurs want Wamba Wamba Yama. Wembenyama. We're going to get this right before the seat, before the draft next year. Wembenyama. You know, if they get him, that's going to be scary because that guy is an awesome, <laughs> he's just a monster. But um, yeah, let's get out of the way. I mean, I didn't even know Den- Lonnie Walker. That's crazy. He went to the Lakers. I heard that today. I was like, oh, I didn't know he got traded to the Lakers. But yeah, he's yeah. on there. That's a guy that I actually liked before. But uh, the only thing is like Joshua Primo. That's a guy that's kind of interesting to watch this year. I know he was a reach last year as a draft pick. Mm-hmm. So he's a he's a bigger kind of raw, explosive player at the guard position. So that'll be fun for that team to watch. There's a lot of young talent, kind of, if you're looking at Devin Vassell, too, who's one of our favorites. But those two are kind oh, of those, Devin Vassell. Those, two st- those two stick out. Um, but Josh Primo, I'm actually excited to see how he develops in the league. Other Isaiah than that, Roby too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- that guy, too. But other than that, I mean, Pop's just showing up for the checks. He said today um, he only shows up to get his <laughs> to get his checks, what motivates him. So is that what it's he a said? distraction from life. Yeah. Well, it was a quote shown, and I'm pretty sure he said that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's we can't lie as Suns fans like any time. I mean, when's the last time you saw the Spurs like this? Ever? Last year. <laughs> well, yeah. They, well, they, like they, the last couple of years, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they just they weren't they in the plane last year, didn't they? I mean, they still snuck into the plane, didn't they? No, no. no I mean, they they had the ninth then, pick, right? so yeah, I guess you're right. I just I love it when the Spurs suck. It's just it warms my soul. They still scare me though. With that, well, they always scare because they always they always stand up. Well, yeah. What's not? Yeah, they're up to something. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another team that only has a projected win total of twenty three and a half games. And that's the Houston Rockets, man. They via trade because obviously they gave up Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks. In return, they got Bobon, they got Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Wendell Moore Jr., and our old buddy Marquise Chris, the guy who had signed the extension with Dallas, and he's finally found a home. Boom, he's a Rocket. This guy's going to play for every team in the Western Conference before his uh, uh, his career is over. Uh, they also received via trade Ty Ty Washington Jr., or if you look at it, it looks like Titty Washington Jr. Titty. Uh, you'll notice as I made these, like Ty Washington Jr. was involved in like seven different transactions this uh, this offseason. He was a draft pick that got shopped around. I mean, I don't even think he knows what what position he played. Where he's at right now. Like, Am I supposed to be here? Uh, you look at the draft, the, the Rockets did have the number three overall pick. They got Jabari Smith Jr. with that pick. They also got uh, Terry Eason with the 17th overall pick. They lost John Wall as he's playing with the Clippers now. They lost Christian Wood, who's playing with Dallas. Uh, Trevlin Queen is up with Philly. Dennis Schroeder is now with the Lakers. And Wendell Moore Jr., who they acquired via trade, they then shipped to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Anthony Lamb is still a free agent. You look at their projected starting five, and this is a fun projected starting five, uh, especially the power forward, because if you're watching along, you can see there's a good old spell check. Didn't work on that one. Uh, So you got Kevin Porter Jr. is playing point. Jalen Green is playing the shooting guard. You got Jay Sean Tate at the small, small four. Power forward is Kenyon Martin Jr. And Jabari Smith Jr. playing the five. It's an offensive team. It's an athletic team. It's one of those teams that any night they can beat you just because they have talent. Uh, it's a team that is going to have to grow into defensive talent. But, I mean, it's going to be an exciting team. They're definitely going to be one of those league pass teams. Yeah, and Jabari Smith, he's interesting, man. The big man that can shoot. He had the one play in summer league where he he actually blocked the guy and kept possession, which is something that not a lot of bigs do. But everyone like Eddie Johnson on the broadcast says, keep it, keep possession of the ball when you block it. Don't block it out of bounds. So yeah. they have some young talent, very, very raw. And of course, the guy Christian Wood, 
getting away. He's a guy where I feel like the Suns fans kind of wanted him while the whole kid, Kevin Durant thing was going on. He kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit, but glad that he's gone finally. And I'm glad that uh, John Wall moved on too from this team. That way they yeah. can just be young and fun to watch and just lose a lot of that. Imagine this. Well, yeah, this team with Wamanyana, man, that would be crazy. Cause Jabari, that would he's, be crazy. he's a big, but he, he he'd be great. He'd be better at a power forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at this team, and you know the the big everybody under this team on this team makes under ten million a year, except for Eric Gordon. And you know that at some point during this season, Eric Gordon once again will be rumored and will go somewhere else. And you know, Eric Gordon's got to go to the front office and be like, "Bro, yeah, get me out of here, man. Like, I know this is a clear rebuild. <laughs> get me yeah. the fuck out of here, man. Will it be on the Suns' radar again? Always. You know what? Send Shamit there." I feel like something always happens every year where there's a player that talks to the Suns like Chris Paul after a game, and in the following year they get him. Not when the trade deadline's coming up that season, but mm-hmm. the following year the Suns get him. So it might be an interest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Eric Gordon obviously would be a huge upgrade yeah. over Landry Shamit. You know, send Jay Crowder know, out there, man. be like, Jay, you don't want to play here, huh? You want to go win one more bags, huh? Just really Talk quick though, Houston. Are we are we gonna miss Jay? Are we gonna miss that? Of course but, we're gonna miss Jay. But, but no, I mean like that intensity. But the Suns have to move on from that. Like they can't rely on Jay for toughness for forever. Just like Chris Paul being their point guard. Like yeah, they, they need have DA to, to be the tough guy, and that's what we're gonna be talking about all season. It's like yeah, all right. You've had enough guys. You had Aaron Baines, and you had Jay Crowder teach you to be tough. Now be tough, sir. We're not gonna miss those those brick shows that he would throw up, yeah. man. We're not going to miss those. We have Landry Shamit to remind us what that feels like all the time. So I think we'll be okay. I'm just, I'm scared of change, John. I am too. Again, <laughs> that's why we talk so much at the front end of this podcast about the Cameron Johnson vacated minutes. Cause that's where I'm worried. I'm not going to mm-hmm. miss Jay because Cam Johnson's going to be out there. And this is a pro Cam Johnson podcast. We love this guy, but it's what he's yes. vacating. That is going to be a challenge for this team. Cause we know what we're going to have at the one. We know what we're going to have at the two. We know what we're going to have at the three. We know what we're going to have at the five. There's a lot of question marks around the four. We have a bunch of options at all those options too, but we don't have a bunch of options at the four. It's Ish, Tory Craig, and then if you want to go big, it's Dario and it's Jock Landau. Who else is there? Busy? Like there's no one else. Unless you're having like Josh Akogi play super small four, it's I just which potentially they could do. I don't or know. Play nobody. Just hope you're up along yeah. or hope you're up big enough where you don't have to play five people or five players. Just, just have pre- four out there. Yeah, yeah. Just have four. Just pretend somebody got a red card. And they're out and you got, you know, no. you're, you're playing with four and, yeah. you know, f- f- you have to play the four out and we got to teach Matthew what that is this year. Yep. Four out. <laughs> four out. <laughs> have you been watching that show? Uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, I don't, I think I've asked you this. No, God, no, I'm not. Good. What is that? You don't know what that is? Oh yeah. You have Hulu. You don't have Hulu. No, I don't. I gotta give you my login. So welcome to Wrexham. It's, uh, it's on FX and it's the show where you have Ryan Reynolds. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And Rob, okay. uh, I always yeah. get his last name wrong. Meckle Haney. They bought a, a soccer team in Wales. It's fantastic. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. You like? Did it. you see that Wolverines playing Wolverine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wolverines playing Wolverine's Wolverine. going to play Wolverine. Hugh, yeah. Hugh Jackman's coming yeah. for Deadpool three in the it's Marvel universe. So here we go. Yeah. Next, man. MCU. All right. MCU. All right. All right. Sorry about the tangent. Right. Just let's go on to the next team. A team that the Phoenix Suns know well as they played them in the playoffs. The New Orleans Pelicans. They are projected to have 44 and a half wins this year. And this is a team that, you know what? They take they took a long, hard look at who they were last year. 
and they felt that they were a team on the rise, knowing that Zion Williamson was going to be coming back this year. Via free agency, they added no one. Via trade, they added no one. They added three picks in the draft, Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, and Carlo Makovic. Uh, they didn't lose anybody. They just have free agents that they didn't sign, three of them, Tony Snell, Jared Harper, and Gary Clark. So you take a look at their projected starting five. Devontae Graham at the point. CJ McCollum running the two. Brandon Ingram at the three. Zion at the four. And Jonas Valanciunas at the five. This is a uh, this is going to be a very interesting team. It's going to be interesting because I think that it's going to take some time to acclimate to having Zion back. The space that he occupies is something that uh, Jonas Valanciunas likes to occupy, but he can step out a little bit. So... You know, 44 and a half. Do you take the over the under on this one, Matthew, if you're a betting man? All right, everybody. This isn't really shocking, but if Zion is healthy, I'm going over <laughs> for sure. Like once Zion's back to bulldozing over everybody in the lane, it's going to be okay for the Pelicans. And without take one game, like he looks in shape. He looks ready. Um, it's interesting because I think like he will probably be starting at the five towards the end of games. Cause I don't like Jonas taking up so much room. And plus I don't feel like the True. Pelicans remember we did like the, the little spy segment in the playoffs and no one really liked Jonas. Yeah. They just thought he was annoying as shit. So he probably won't even get minutes. He might be traded, but him and Brandon Ingram, CJ, that's a hell of a team right there. And you know what they have coming off the bench? A lot of hustle. It's mm -hmm. scary, man. It's scary. That's why the whole Aiton thing, and him stepping up, this is what you have to go against as a guy like Zion. The number one pick versus another number one pick. Show him. Show him you're a number one pick, dude. Because we're gonna need that Aiden that is in the in the media room or in the in media day, just giving us a snarl. You know what I mean? Like we need that Aiden to go go there. Very nice to go up against this Zion because he is just gonna be. I mean, no one can guard him. No one, and I'm not saying he no can one. guard him, but you gotta match it offensively. Yeah, and yeah. Aiden's our only chance to get through this team. And I'm not I'm not lying because we had such a hard time playing them without Zion. Zion was in that series. And I know Booker got hurt, but if Zion's in that series, I don't think the Suns have a chance. Yeah, especially the way it's the Suns scary, were playing. Uh, shout out to Aussie Suns fans pod. They're watching along live. Uh, they said, my prediction, Brandon Hola. Ingram requesting a trade by trade deadline. That's mine. like something Matthew would say, right? Hey, yeah, I already had the trade. The trade I want is Jay Crowder, Shamit, and Cameron Johnson for Brandon Ingram. <laughs> they tell us to get fucked on that one. That no, because listen, if you have CJ and Zion, I think that's enough with a lot of people. Like, kind of like a Luca, you got to put just like the the good players, not the really great players, like an Ingram next to Zion. Because I don't think the Ingram and thing, Ingram and Zion thing's gonna work out. I don't think it's gonna work out. And you need to have just these guys around him, like the Crowder and Johnson. I think that's awesome for the Pelicans. Okay, well, I mean, Suns Geek, he's watching along live too. He says, Ingram to the Suns confirmed. So he's he's probably going to make a video about it because you just confirmed that's going to happen. You got the trade lined up. Yeah. You, you said it makes I, sense. So there you go. Well, let me redo it. Thanks really for quick. tuning in, everybody. Have a good day. Put this on the video. Ready? Here. Turn the camera on, whatever your name is, my nephew. Turn on, uh, cousin <laughs> or nephew Kyle. Turn nephew on the TikTok Kyle, camera. The Brandon Ingram in a trade for Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson, and Landry Shamit. That's a championship for the Pelicans. There you go. <laughs> I'm serious. That's that's a good surrounding for him. Okay. I, I wish it was true. I wish it was true. It's really <laughs> interesting. For those of you who are watching the pod versus listening, you can see I'm I'm moving around a little different. I'm actually standing yeah. this entire time for this podcast. He's hovering. He's hovering. <laughs> 
because the sciatic nerve still hurts and fuck sitting down. So I'm just going to stand. So I'm like, I can just walk away. Who's spanking you so hard, dude? Your mother. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, when it comes to the Pelicans, I'm with you. I'm with a lot of people in the chat who are are saying the same thing. This team's scary, man. This team now has a little bit of experience underneath them. They, They have the fire. They have the talent. And this is a team that's like, come playoff time, based on seeding, I don't want to play them. <laughs> I don't want to play any of these teams. Yeah, in the West. I know. <laughs> can we play? But, the, can we play the East? I don't want to play Zion. <laughs> no, I don't want to play Zion. I don't want to play Zion. But yeah, this is a team that's they're primed to make a, a jump this year. Obviously, they were playing team last year. They got the number one seed, the Phoenix Suns. They pushed us to six games. You know, when you look back, you go, oh, six games is not that big of a deal. But like, it kind of was. Kind of was, was painful. It was very painful. It's like having and a Booker was hurt. Booker, our MVP was hurt. Yeah. So, that's, so who knows? And, and Chris Paul was wicked, wicked whack. All right. Next up, Memphis Grizzlies. All right. Projected win total of 48.5. They didn't add anybody via free agency, but via trade, they added Danny Green and David Roddy from Philadelphia, uh, Jake LaRavia from Minnesota, and Kennedy Chandler from the San Antonio Spurs, as previously mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, via the draft, they had the 22nd overall pick, and they took Walker Kessler. Uh, they drafted with the 29th pick, Ty Ty Washington Jr., and they also v- drafted Vince William Jr. with the 47th pick. They lost DeAnthony Melton to Philadelphia in that trade. They lost Jarrett Culver, former target of the Phoenix Suns once upon a time, to Atlanta. They lost Kyle Anderson, Walker Kessler, and Ty Ty Washington Jr. to Minnesota uh, in the trade that looks like brought Jake Lavaria. Uh, free agents, they got some guy. How do you say that name, Matthew? Mm. Eves Ponds. Eves, yeah, I was going to say Eves Ponds. That, so many guys. <laughs> That's I've what just, I was going to say. You know, but you look at their projected starting five. John Moran at the at the one. Dylan Brooks at the two. Desmond Bain at the three. Jaron Jackson Jr. at the four. <laughs> Steven Adams at the five. Again, the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that kind of took everybody by surprise. And at the same time, a team that is you know, hungry this year and kind of following that path of the Phoenix Suns, right? A team that wasn't, wasn't expected to do much and then got the number two seed much akin to the Suns the year they went to the finals. And now they're coming back and they're coming back with a vengeance. You got Brandon Clark on this team. Uh, you got Killian Tilly, you got Xavier Tillman, you know, the X-Man. Um, it's going to, Tyus Jones, a very capable backup point guard. Uh, they added Danny Green, which I think is going to, again, add that depth. So what, what are your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies entering this season? Um, it is tough because um, Los Suns does say bad start without JJJ. Um, he did have uh, surgery back in June, so he's out four to six months. I didn't even realize that that guy's got another surgery. Dude, exactly, and I had to look it up too when we started doing this uh, back a couple weeks ago. I'm mm-hmm. like, Gee, he has to be healthy, right? You bring him up on Basketball Reference, and he's hurt, but he does have a chance to come back. That's what sucks with his team, but it's good for the Suns because if this guy's healthy, he was a guy that I feel like a lot of people thought. Um, would be better than Aiton. And like Jonathan Charks, the, the uh, late and great Jonathan Charks that passed away, he actually thought Jaron Jackson was the best player in that draft, the best big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, that R. was R. his guy. Jonathan Charks, by the way. Yeah, and I honestly, I can see that where if Aiton didn't have this turnaround, like he's we're seeing right now where he's all business, kind of like Luca is now, where Luca's getting in shape and he's excited for the season. Mm-hmm. JJJ had a shot of being better than Aiden just because I know shooting the threes, all that shit where he's not actually very consistent at it, but he just seemed like a guy who was going to be a better player on a team that might be better than the Suns. If I were not, if this team was healthy, I would take them to go to the finals this, this year coming up. If I wasn't picking the Suns, right? 
well, they're just the they're that scary, line, right? They were on the same timeline, they, and I uh, and I like uh, their picks. You know, when they got John Morant, that was a big deal to us because that was supposed to be our pick. We missed on that one, you know, and it was looked like it was like okay, shit, they're beating us to this thing. And obviously, Chris Paul chose to come to uh, the Phoenix Suns. It kind of changed the trajectory of this team and kind of our end destination, if you will. Uh, but you take a look at you know what Aussie Suns fans pod says in the chat it says bit of talk about Brooks being in a trade for Crowder, you know, because he did mind. mention. Well, I mean, I think you Except know how shooting. I. Well, you know how <laughs> I, I know. feel about Dylan. Right. God damn it! I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Yeah, I, every night I would just be pissed. I don't want Dylan Brooks. No, 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 no! Don't make. I think you would want him on his on your team, except for he did shoot have the like most Jay Crowder though, right? Shot attempts, yeah. But Jay Crowder, like I was even listening to the mismatch today, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it. And but Jay Crowder only shoots nine buckets a game, but you know, yeah, there's nothing to do with Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks takes like twenty, <laughs> exactly. So that would honestly, if he were to come on the Suns, that would be something where he would you know settle down a little bit. We have players around that would tell him, hey chill the fuck out. Like they don't have that leader like that. They have the Steven Adams, but jaws young Dylan Brooks. I mean, jaw was out hurt, but when jaw came back, the team wasn't even as good because jaw just held onto the ball too long. He did too yeah. much too. So, Oh yeah. We'll he's see. learning how to play in the NBA. You know, it's like, he is, it, he's going to be, scary, it's man. like Jordan. It was funny. The other night I sat and I watched game five of the 1991 NBA finals. It was the first game or it was the first title that Jordan won. Uh, and God, I remember it like it was yesterday when I was a little kid. I was so excited when he when they won that first one because I loved Jordan as a kid. And I remember him going through the same struggle. It's like, listen, you got to learn how to make those around you better. And that whole fourth quarter in that game five, it was just him dishing the ball to Paxton. Everyone would collapse on Jordan Paxton. And he was, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was like, you know, six for seven from the field and they won the championship that night. So, you know, John Morant's going to learn that thing or those attributes as well, especially as a point guard, like he's in that position to set up his teammates. Uh, Again, health is a big issue, obviously with every team, but Memphis that is so reliable on their athletic players, it's going to be absolutely paramount. Do you think they go over 48 and a half wins if healthy? Yeah, I think they have the potential to be the number one seed this year. Um, They're just something about, do you think, do you think that teams in the Pacific division who have higher projected win totals are just going to beat up on each other? Because Memphis out of all these teams, they play hard all the time. Every night. So they're that team that's just going to get, they're going to go grab that win. They're not the Suns who have won 64 and it means nothing. Memphis still has to prove a lot. And they had the banter with Golden State. They think they're the best team in the West. So out West, they're going to, they're going to get punished a little bit, but they're going to be the team every night where you have to show up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're going to play lights out and they're going to win a lot of games this year. I think. No, you're, you're right. They're going to win a lot of games. Well, (laughs) you take a look at the last team in the Southwest division the team that bounced the Phoenix Suns from the playoffs last year also projected to have 48 and a half wins. And that's the Dallas Mavericks. They added via free agency, a well-known guy to the Phoenix Suns, JaVale McGee. They also added via trade Christian Wood and Jaden Hardy uh, from Sacramento. And they drafted Wendell Moore Jr., who was one of those picks or one of those players who went over in that trade with Houston. Of course, with Marquise Chris, Trey Burke, Sterling Brown, (laughs) Boban, Uh, They also lost Jalen Brunson to New York. Uh, No free agents remain on this team. And you look at their projected starting five, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr. back from injury, Reggie Bullock uh, or Bullock. Remember the whole playoff says it's not Bullock. It's Bullock, uh, (laughs) Christian Wood and JaVale McGee thoughts on salad. I mean, Dallas, Dallas backwards (laughs) is salad. 
You know, I love JaVale, but him starting and playing big minutes is going to be tough I lo- to watch. I, I, I love that because I think that's a weakness for this team. Exactly. But then maybe it's not. Maybe it's just amazing, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. I mean, there's there's certain things where I'll believe in a player and I want them to do well, but JaVale getting 30-plus minutes, if that's a thing, maybe he'll just get 25 minutes. Just starting against the other starting center, that's going to be a lot for him, man. And um, Luka coming in, of course, he is in shape. So this is the Luka year where he wins MVP. We did talk about yes. Booker, but you know it's going to be the whole Luka it's shit Luka. now. It's Luka. It's Luka. Yeah, Luka will be the MVP probably. And again, another team that's going to be tough in the playoffs to play. Even though you look at this, it's like Luka and who? Nobody else? Christian Wood, maybe. But Luka is all that matters. So scary team yep. because of that man. Yep. No, agreed. I mean, it's a guy who wins the MVP, you have to always, you know, if you have to play them. And, and we were saying this last year, it's like, yeah, they don't have a bunch of players, but they have the best player. And they did. They and that was Luka Doncic. And that guy was, you know, game seven, he was on fucking conscious. He put daggers into our souls before we even had a chance to really, you know, settle into Devin Booker's couch. And it was just kind of, it's, <laughs> it's a team that you look at and it just makes you so mad. You get so frustrated. You start to have flashbacks to last season, the expectations, the highs that we were on as Suns fans. And Dallas is the team that ultimately took us down. So I don't think that they got better. I really don't. I mean, adding Christian Woods is definitely a a plus, but, you know, I, I don't know how much better I think they really got. But do they need to because they have Luco? Time will tell. So there you go. Southwest division. Yeah, what Thomas says right here. I fucking want a rematch with that so bad with them. Um, I'm with you, Matthew. I don't, I don't think we'll get it. It's, who knows? What am I trying to predict? The series matches us. <laughs> you know, yeah, you make any probably, sense. Sounds like bet on that. next year. We're <laughs> <laughs> the play-in with the Spurs. The Spurs were in the play-in. Uh, I like Suns did correct us earlier. I like. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought I was right on that. Yeah, I like what Jason Sanchez says. Mavs got worse, but Luca got better. That's a fact. And can Finney they play? Yeah. And so we'll Christian see would play with them. So, we'll so see. who, so who wins the division? Who wins the Southwest division? It's going to be Memphis. Really? Memphis is going to be all the talk this year. They were last year a little bit, but when jaw got hurt for like a month, it kind of took yeah. it away. Like the well, they, they won, like they, they won like 11 in a row without him. Exactly. But still no one really cared because jaw was in the lineup. They were just winning silently. I was like, Oh, Memphis won again. But this year with jaw, if he stays healthy, um, it's going to be one of those exciting teams. But they're gonna. I'm be gonna. One. If I if I was a betting man, which I'm known to be from time <laughs> to time, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the plus four hundred. I'm gonna go with uh, Ted Lubin. I'm gonna go with the Pels. Okay. I really think that that's a talented tough. team. You know, I just it, it's a it's gonna be a, a, a it just shows you how tough the West is. You know, we went over uh, the northeast of it or northwest division or where the fuck it was, and that's not nearly as tough as this one. Obviously, when we talk about the Pacific Division next, I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be a challenging game. So. There you go. Uh, you say the uh, the Grizzlies. I say the Pels. Good It'll pick. be Dallas. It'll be Dallas. Uh, what else do you <laughs> want to talk about before we get out of here? When are we going to pot again? I mean, we're almost there, man. Are we going to be we doing are. post games for the uh, preseason? I don't know. I don't know either. Not, I'm not going to be able to watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're on Valley Sports, but you know how they are. Right. It was even <laughs> hard to watch a regular season game. So. We can if they're on. I don't mind, but I mean, I feel like we should just pod when something. We'll do the Pacific, right? And then when something yeah. happens, we'll get on that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Aiden. And, and then once Aiden the season just... begins on the nineteenth, like when it's on, it's on. 
And yes. then it's every post game. You know where to be, yeah. Suns fans. Right here, the Suns Jam Session Podcast, the best post game podcast on Planet Orange. Love VPHNX, but you know what? We the OGs, and we're funnier. I still like to watch them though. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Every they're every my, day at two, I get them on. <laughs> yeah, I always have them on in the background when I'm working at two o'clock, and I love it when they go to uh, where did they, what's the place? Four Peaks, right? Yes. On Wednesdays, yeah, we yeah. we pod there too. They so. Stole my idea. Brings, yeah, that was, that, <laughs> yeah. I I used to, that was fun. That was fun. I went uh, the first time and then I got sick the second time, but that was fun doing that with those guys. But yeah, no, I love love all mm-hmm. those guys. Uh, and it was it was good seeing them on uh, on Suns Media Day too. So uh, I, on that note, again, you know, I'm going to start where I finished. Uh, Coolio. R.I.P. to Coolio, man. Uh, you know, I, I haven't done right. this. I haven't done this drop in a while. Let's see if I can find it. It's been so long. Childhood trauma. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of the pod, like when Coolio dropped Gangsta's Paradise, it was like my the first time I'd really heard rap. It's like ninety five, maybe ninety six, but I was in a very sheltered, like super Catholic family, very private school. I knew every oldie on the radio, but I didn't know anything kind of popular. And all of a sudden, I'm in public school, and I heard Gangsta Paradise for the first time, and that shit like changed my life, dude. And then I went down. Next thing you know, I have like the Doggy Style album by Snoop Dogg, which is like, I mean, my parents got divorced, so all of a sudden I could play that kind of stuff around the house. But it was just, you know, it's like, guess who's back in the motherfucking house? Where's the fat dick for your motherfucking mouth? And then my mom's like, yeah, play whatever you want, son. I love you. You know, where it's like, my dad would have whooped my ass if he heard me playing that I shit. I know he said that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first I can, I can, every one of them. But Gangsta's Paradise, uh, that was huge. So RIP to Coolio, rest in yeah. Gangsta's Paradise, man. That's, it's sad to hear that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, such a life. <laughs> I remember uh, burning CDs when you download music and put it on the yeah. Walkman. And when I would play basketball, I had the Walkman in my pocket. And every time I go for a shot and get the rebound, it would fall out because I would hit the wire and everything would break. Uh, so I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss those days too, where you had the yeah. Walkman, the, the, the anti skip technology, and it always fucking yeah. skipped anyway. It, it always skipped. Just always burn another skipped. CD. So. Well, on that note, Jamsters, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time we go live. We'll be doing the Pacific Division update, unless there's something else that comes up in between then. Uh, It's going to take me some while to design those graphics, as I do. Uh, But until then, everybody, have a fantastic rest of your week. And uh, sons, baby, let's go. Mm -hmm. Go home, love your family. Cheers.